for that, of course, storytelling is one important tool to, first of all, um, create some common ground and some knowledge uh, about what um, the startup, the company is all about. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Welcome back, welcome back. Branding inside out. An important and interesting topic. And what that uh, means, we will tell you even a bit more today. We already mentioned in the introduction episode with Daniel and Sandra, who are here with me today again. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Sandra. Welcome back. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so if you have not listened to the first one, it's not really necessary to understand what we're talking about today. However, it would be really good because um, it will give you a good introduction to the topic. Who are Sandra, who are Daniel and the branding inside out, what that means in general. Um, because today we already start with behavioral branding, which is a bit the internal part, let's say, and how you can really make your co-founders, maybe some uh, team members, some employees, anyone who's in your startup, in your company, to understand what you are about and to really take it inside and live it and love it. <laughs> so who wants to start to give us a bit of an overview what that means and why this is actually important? Because I think sometimes people think, no, no, but it's, it's it's just an outside thing, the branding. I just need to tell people what we're all about. We have some colors, we have a logo, um, and that's it. But that's really just part of the branding. Um, and we're gonna talk you through a bit more. Uh, we're gonna talk a bit more about that today. So Daniel, Sandra, feel free to kick off this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I can sum it up uh, really quick what it really is about behavioral branding. It's about walk the talk, I think. So it's about acting um, upon what, uh, what makes out the core values of your brand. Um, and for that, um, we already teased it in, in uh, the last episode, it's quite important to um, have all the employees board and um, yeah, have the commitment to walk the talk together. Um, you need to convey the knowledge that people need to yeah, help you live your brand. And um, yeah, the, the fitting skills to do that. So whenever, for example, as a company, you're one of your most important values is um, yeah, being easy uh, or having an easy product, um, it would be really, really great if, for example, customer service acted upon that um, to authentically create a brand inside out. We touched on, on values already in the last, and we mentioned it now as well. Uh, but walking the talk is, is one of the most important things um, because it can be really damaging if you don't. And what I always suggest to people is obviously you need to work on your values. You need to figure out what they are. And this is business values and personal values, which 
often overlap if you are the founder of a startup. Um, however, the if possible, if you already have obviously team members, co-founders or employees right from the start, um, or even freelancers who will work for you, it's good to have them included in that process in defining the values and understanding what they mean. And if not, every time you grow your company with a new team member, it's obviously a bit difficult to have a whole workshop. However, um, you need to ensure that it's really clear what your values are, what you stand for, what you want to communicate, how you communicate um, and so on outside and inside. Um, and then act accordingly. So I mentioned it also in the previous and you, Sandra, just mentioned it as well. Um, there's no point uh, having a, a specific value that you also communicate um, and then act in a different way. People will start to, to doubt what you're doing and that you're a fraud, mm -hmm. a fake or whatever. And um, especially when you're starting a company where no one knows you. You have to communicate your values. You have to communicate what you stand for because, and that's obviously, so in an obvious way where you actually state, okay, we stand for this <laughs> in form of a mission statement, vision statement, okay, but also in words. But I think it's a good idea to, to take one of the values that you have, to take one of the things that are so important for the company and for you as a founder, and then explain to people how this is lived within the company and outside, which is, again, some storytelling, I guess. But um, maybe you can tell us a bit more about that way of how to make people understand um, how you work with people and their employees to understand mm -hmm. the brand. Yeah, storytelling is one important tool to use that. Um, especially when we talk about startups and branding and behavioral branding. So doing the first step of um, your building your identity as a brand, um, which is yeah quite an exciting and uh, cool task. Um, and you're yeah, cultivating a, a common culture of your company, which then hopefully will uh, immerse and will grow and um, new people coming to that will automatically perceive what's happening there and um, yeah fall in line with that culture so that's the ideal and for that of course storytelling is one important tool to first of all um, create some common ground and some knowledge uh, about what um, the startup, the company is all about. Um, because every time someone external or internal, new to the company or old, um, hears that story and uh, the, the, the story about the DNA, um, he will have a better feeling and understanding of um, the brand identity. How do you really work with, uh, um, with your clients to help them to help their employees understand what they stand for? How do you craft stories um, around things as well? And we mentioned before, everyone has a story. How do, how do you go about that? First of all, um, what we say that it has to be crystal clear because there's, there's one saying um, from Donald Miller, one very famous storyteller, and he always says, if you're confused, you lose. 
And you don't only use uh, customers, you also use, of course, your employees because they don't understand you when you um, act in a way, well, they don't understand, right? Um, but what we do, first of all, as I said, we say everything has to be crystal clear. You have to communicate in a very clear way. And for this, you need the brand core in the beginning, beginning like mission, vision, values, purpose, uh, brand promises, and all this stuff um, you use to communi communicate with your team, with your target audience, so that, that everybody knows what he or she can expect from you. Um, and the second step I think is very important is that we explain you cannot tell a whole story. You cannot um, have a common thread in your story when you don't start with the internal part, when your brand, claw, uh, brand core is not clear. You cannot do that. And let's let's take nike as an example because it's a very good one nike has the purpose the, the brand called breaking barriers that's their main message and in every spot in every article in every twitter post um nike um posts this this message is transferred to the target audience to the readers to the listeners, whatever. Um, and that only works because they know what their brand core is. They know where the common thread starts. And that's what, what we tell the people. So many, many customers came to me and said, well, Daniel, just, just write some text for us for our new homepage. And I said, well, first of all, we have to start with the branding. We have to start with your core. And they said, we don't have money for that. And I said, yeah, but I want to sell quality. And that's not the way I'm working. So um, I think that's the, f the first things we do. Yeah, I think um, I totally agree. Uh, and I think what we can break it down to what we do with companies to um, create behavioral branding is uh, in, a in workshop formats, work out the brand core together uh, with the employees. So we talk about what's what's your mission, what are your values, um, so that we have that in place at first, um, and then work out, depending on the size of the company, um, together with the company, work out different tools that they can use to get the employees aboard. So different materials that if, if it's a bigger company, um, branding maps that employees can use information for, um, let's say, middle management um, who has to convey messages to different employees um, so that the whole process works. But that really depends on what kind of structure the company has. Uh, but what, what it all comes down to in the end is um, that we don't come in with um, yeah, a recipe, but we, we work together in workshop formats and, and make behavior branding work for a company. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, um, and a question that interests me actually, how often would you say a company should review the values 
um, and the brand? In what kind of intervals? It depends on the company, but I would say at least once a year that they have one day per year, maybe beginning mm. of the year and, and start thinking it over and talk about it again. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And also this, I would suggest to do in a workshop with the people involved, because also there is time for feedback, maybe. Okay, yes. I, I think we're not um, working properly with this value. So maybe we need to delete it, change it or keep work harder to deliver on on this kind of value or maybe have some certain situations that can be pointed out where it could have been implemented better i actually do that mm. with my personal values every year as well <laughs> i um i always uh, go through a list of personal values and they do change not every year but over time they do change because maybe uh, I get older <laughs> and also things change in the world and uh, my situation changes, my personal situation changes. Um, and I, I did see a change from last year to this year, which probably also has to do with everything what's at the moment going on in the world with the pandemic and not seeing family as often as uh, maybe we wish and so on. Um, uh, so I, I completely agree. I do that every year for my personal values and have done it also for my business values. And I think if you have a team, it's really important um, to do that together once a year. Mm -hmm. And one fact um, in, in the workshop I always notice is when, when we talk about this value system of a company or of a personal brand, um, people like look, look at this list because we just write down all the values they they brainstorm, right? And th this can be a list of up to 30 values or so. Um, and the first reaction in, in most of the times is, wow, that's us. Like this is really, they're really wondering about what's standing there on the wall. And the second reaction, and that's quite quite funny sometimes because um, in the beginning, they sometimes say, ah, we don't have to talk about our values. Our values are fun and quality and uh, maybe independence or whatever. So everybody gets three voting points to put it on the wall. And in the end, they have very different values usually because when they start saying, oh, for, for, for us, fun is very important. Um, yeah, fun maybe in the team is very important, but not in the communication with the target audience. And that's a, a huge difference we, we notice in those workshops. And that's really interesting to, to see um, how different the communication, the, the internal and the external communication are, although the values are like similar to, to the target audience's values. That's a very interesting point, yeah, because uh, uh, di differentiating between internal and external communication um, are very similar or even overlap or are exactly the same um, but it really depends on your target audience and if it's not appropriate for example to interact in a fun way I mean I don't know if it's appropriate uh, for a funeral company um, to uh, communicate in an extremely fun way <laughs> because uh, there's uh, some kind of um, 
empathy you have to have. So it's more the empathy as a value and um, understanding of people, making it easy for people, this kind of stuff, rather than fun. But maybe within the company, you want to make it as fun as possible for people to work because it's it's a heavy job um, that, you, that you're doing uh, and dealing with difficult situations. So you want to maybe lighten up the mood. I don't know, just coming up with an example. Um, so thank you for pointing that out there there can be a difference between external and internal communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point also that, that brings me to that there can be different brands within one company, um, like you said, among each other and in the, com- in the outward communication because for the employer brand, for example, so for the brand as you, for, as an employer, um, you can have a whole different set of values and might have to communicate quite differently um, than you would do with customers. Um, So yes, when companies start to grow and need to take on more employees, um, this might also be a point where you might start thinking about overthink the values um, that you defined uh, do they still fit um, if I have to do my employer branding and look for new employees the company is uh, or startup in this case also is fast growing um, then it comes with all kind of different challenges because all of a sudden you have to have implement processes that you didn't have to have before um, and you have to communicate with a whole bunch of uh, new people in different sectors as well and um, even then it's even more important to make sure you make the time for explaining and for feedback and for uh, yeah, creating something together and get the buy-in of every every person that works with and for you. Mm-hmm. Yes I, I, I once <clears throat> was in a workshop situation and I was really the worst workshop I had in my life, I think, because this this was the situation, a fast-growing startup, and they said, our communication no longer works. And I said, well, then you are in this scale-up situation, growing from startup to scale-up. And they said, no, we're still a startup. It's not, not a scale-up. So um, I think they had about 60 employees. <laughs> Um, and and didn't didn't know how to really talk with each other. Mm. Um, so they said we, we need a new value proposition. We need all this new messaging stuff. And I said, well, we can work on that. Um, so I made a suggestion for the workshop structure, and they said, ah, no, it's not going to work like this. Uh, we in the marketing team have made this preparation before, and you need to go this way and that way. So I was in this workshop situation, and they started discussing for hours with each other Mm. and I said what what of the information you're giving me now is really important and they said well we think everything I couldn't I couldn't even I I wasn't even getting the point I I couldn't couldn't structure the communication and I said well you know um, we, we have to create messages we have to create your value proposition your positioning in the market and all this stuff we we don't have time to discuss all the time um so they, they really had an internal communication issue and a day later their pr 
consultant told me that they decided before the workshop that no one of the sales team is going to be in the workshop because they have to like go to the customers and, and sell stuff. And I said, well, one of the sales team could really um, solve this problem right from the beginning because they know the pains of the target group. You know mm. what I mean? So, so this was really an internal communication issue. And that's what's really important in what, what we are doing with our customers. Mm. And exactly what you're saying, it's important to understand that pretty much every department needs to be involved. <laughs> Because if you're an yeah. HR person and you're getting new people in, you need to be aware of the brand. If you are um, dealing uh, with invoices, you also probably have some client contact because they might call you. So you need to be aware of uh, how to communicate with people. If you are um, a, a salesperson, of course, you need to be aware of the brand and you are part of shaping that as well and giving feedback if something works or doesn't work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think I would like to um, yeah mention that sometimes it all sounds like complicated all those processes that you have to go through um, but it really is about getting clarity right from the start and then mostly you're pretty good to go for quite a long run um, with only some like you said maybe yearly checkups um, so you don't even have to be afraid of bigger changes because you're constantly evolving. Um, so I would suggest just, yeah, start thinking about it and uh, um, just do it. Yeah, and I think that's exactly the point um, because uh, sometimes people say, oh, I, I don't have the time to invest the time. <laughs> But investing that time upfront will really help in the end Uh, to save time and to, to save, uh, prevent issues that might arise uh, from miscommunication um, and uh, from yeah, not understanding what the company is all about. And also, I think it helps you with recruiting. If you are, um, if you are looking for new people then, and you clearly communicate what the brand is, stands for, then you attract, it's like with your ideal client, but also from the recruitment side, you attract the right people that identify with that and that like the values. And you mentioned at the beginning, Daniel, that most of your clients work with you because they like your values. And that's, uh, that, that's it. <laughs> people work with someone as a service, people buy a product um, because it's useful to them, because they think it's worth the money and because they like it, because they enjoy it. Because if not, then uh, probably they won't spend money and or time, even if something is for free. Um, It's always the question what's in it for them and do they enjoy doing it? Thank you so much for your time again for the second episode, but hold tight everyone. There's going to be two more episodes and we're going to, in the next one, we're going to talk about story branding. And uh, in the last episode, looking a bit closer into methods uh, and communication within uh, startups and when startups are growing to be scale-ups, as Daniel mentioned it before, and how that might change and how, how you have to adapt. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm really looking forward to the third episode. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you. See you. 
That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.